0: Love, talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is Dorsey Levins, former Green Bay Packer, former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. You were listening to Taylor Made Sports with my man Kevin Taylor.
1: All right. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Kevin Taylor. We're back at you again to preview game two of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals between the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Atlanta Hawks. Thank you so much for joining me on another special edition of Made Sports. Made Sports will be in the house at Phillips Arena coming up later on tonight as we, of course, do this show on Friday, May 21st. And I thank you so much for joining me from the capital city of Georgia, Atlanta. So uh, hopefully everyone is having a great week. We're coming up on a holiday weekend. Everybody's going to be trying to travel. Uh, Got to first of all. To congratulations to all the 2015 graduates. Yes, congratulations to you and much continued success as you embark on the next chapter of school or life or just whatever you are embarking on. May God bless you and may you continue to live your dream. I would say that would be discouraged, always encouraged because. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes in life we may not be able to get to where we want to go at that particular time because that does not mean that you won't get there. So hopefully everyone who's graduating you can be able to go out, do what you want to do and have fun doing it. Just like Taylor Made Sports is for me. <laughs> so recapping game one. Game one was a pivotal game for the Atlanta Hawks. They came out with energy, they came out with Uh, fire, they came out with aggression. But just like in every series of the playoffs, no matter what sports you play, a team will make adjustments to counteract what the other team is doing. And I felt like that's what Cleveland did. Cleveland, you cannot take them lightly. I came on this show, I said uh, a lot of people are going to be talking about LeBron James, how to stop him, he's going to be the architect of the offense, He's the go-to guy. He's the star. A lot of people say that he's the greatest basketball player playing right now. Supporting cast. Even though Kyrie Irving is not 100%, you've got a supporting cast. And the Hawks found that out. J.R. Smith got hot. And we mean got hot in a big way. I mean, his points were off the bench, 28 points off the bench. You know, I don't think that the Hawks actually knew going into game one that J.R. Smith could probably get as hot as he did. I know that they probably like he was going to be a threat, but not to the point of scoring 28 points off the bench. He actually had more points than the Hawks bench combined. I mean, that's a lot. The Hawks bench has been steady all year. And to come up in game one of a pivotal playoff game and not hardly do anything. I mean, Dennis Schroeder was two of ten. Parantich was a non-factor. He didn't even score. And I don't, I don't think that this team really they were they were ready for a half. They kind of looked look like the Falcons out there. <laughs> they looked like the Falcons out there. You know, the Falcons prepare for like a half, and then the second half. It's like a totally different team. And that's what the Hawks were in game one. Uh, Al Horford, you know, I, I know that he has been the focal point of this team. Uh, he's playing with a dislocated finger that he, it happened in the uh, first round against Brooklyn. But he's got to step up now. Bob Millsap has got to step up now. Kyle Korver only had nine points. Definitely. So I think that this team has to come together. You've got four all-stars in your starting lineup. We're going to get to Damari Carroll and his situation coming up in just a few minutes, but you've got four all-stars in this lineup. There's no reason that Kyle Corver had nine points, in my opinion. He has some good looks. True enough, you know, defenses are turning up against him, and that's what Cleveland did as well. But I still feel that – Kyle Corver still should be getting more points than nine, nine points. I mean, that's just me. You may disagree with that. But I really feel that Kyle Corver should step up in this situation. Jeff Teague, he basically led the Hawks in game one. But what I was finding out, Jeff Teague was on attack mode. He was on attack. You could tell that. But Cleveland did a good job of closing off the lane right under the basket so he could not penetrate to the basket. He would have to get, basically, in the paint and dish the ball off. And that's a good defense. Whether you have the Black coaching, whether you have LeBron James coaching, that's still a good defense, regardless. They plug up the lane so he could not slash and be an attack under the basket. I mean the Cleveland Cavaliers were basically clicking after the first quarter. I mean, J.R. Smith was knocking down threes like you would not believe. And I uh, even had a little fun with the fans as well. <laughs> LeBron James, played game One with 31 points, but like I told you, J.R. Smith, he had 28 points. And the Cleveland Cavaliers won game one, 97 to 89. And um, now the Hawks lose home court advantage, if you think about it. So this is a must win for the Hawks. It is a must win. And we don't know if DeMar Carroll is going to play just yet because, as we're uh, recording this program, DeMar Carroll is going to be a game time decision. For those of you that don't know who have still not heard, DeMar Carroll went down with a knee injury, driving to the basket with 459 remaining in the game. He turned out to be a left knee sprain, but he also has a bone bruise. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be very uncomfortable if he does give it a go. Damari Carroll is the Hawks' leading scorer in the playoffs. Now, he was up to the locker room, and he did not put any weight on his left leg. I was there at Phillips Arena, and it was a hush over Phillips Arena. kind of reminds you of when Michael Vick went down, you know, years ago, and it was like a big hush over the George Dome. And Mario Carroll is a guy that players respect, the fans love, and he's really good. because you don't have Tabo evolution. And in this situation, you need Tabo Evolution because he could have at least slowed down LeBron James or at least been able to play him aggressively. And now that you don't have him because of a basic non-basketball injury, I mean, he's injured, but it didn't happen basketball-related, and now you have Damari Carroll who's injured, who are you going to depend on? And I asked Coach Boonehoser after the game "Will we see Mike Scott, I asked him that specifically, and he was saying, he paused actually, and said that uh, Damari was more of a for one of the perimeter defenders and Kent, Kent Bazemore would see more action. Not I can understand Mike Scott is probably not a basic perimeter defender, but he's a bigger body. You cannot depend on Paul Millsap to contain or guard LeBron James for the majority of the game. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I saw the matchup one-on-one. LeBron was able to bang inside on Paul Millsap. He was able to score on Paul Millsap. They switched out to Al Horford. Al Horford did play athlete when he was guarding LeBron, but you cannot have Paul Mills have the majority of the game on the front, James. chains. Amari Carroll is able to get the run out of his game to be able to set up gifts for his teammates, but that's only one component of stopping Cleveland. And as we saw, J.R. Smith, if he gets hot, he can't really get going. Really get it going. Um Cleveland outscored the Hawks 22-4 to over the final five minutes of the third quarter, and that's what's such a victory for them in the first two minutes of the fourth. Now, during that span, J.R. Smith made five three-pointers and another jumper. From just inside, of course, the runner, as well as throwing a lob to Tristan Thomas, who dumped the basketball. Now, J.R. Smith, of course, has been a, a phenomenal addition of the Cleveland lineup since he was acquired in January as a part of the three-team trade with the New York Knicks and Oklahoma City Thunder. And um, he's basically play with a lot of confidence and a lot of unselfish characteristics. So that really says a lot about him. Now, going back to the Hawks, they really have the step of their game inside, really do. The Cavaliers finished with, check this out, a 49-37. to advantage, rebounding. They had the edge rebounding over the Hawks. So when you're plus 12 for Cleveland, you basically are going to win the game because you have a bigger lineup than the Hawks. They expose the Hawks' weakness, and that is the interior. Timothy who who is another acquisition, he led the Cavaliers with 11 rebounds, and Tristan Thompson, he had 10. LeBron had eight rebounds. Given the Cavaliers' three players, who had more than anyone on the Hawks' roster in rebounds. Paul Millsup, Kyle Covray, Al Horford each had seven for the Hawks. Wow. Now, Al Horford had 16 points. Paul Millsup had 13. Ken Bazemore had 10, including a massive dunk in the second half. And Kent Bazemore actually figured to get more playing time if DeMar Carroll is sidelined. And um, I actually talked to Kent Baysmore in the locker room after game one, and we talked about him going from the bench possibly to the starting lineup. But like I said, at the time of this recording, we don't know if DeMar Carroll is going to give it a go. He's going to be a game-time decision. Um, I would be surprised if he goes in game two. I really would. Maybe game three in a limited role. And then you have an extra day off between games three and four. So I would be surprised if he goes in game two. But uh, we're going to hear from Kent Baysmore, in a moment. So I'm sure that you don't go anywhere for that. But um, I, I really feel that um, we probably won't see DeMar Carroll in game two. Now, what's, what's so ironic about all this is that uh, DeMar did take part in the shoot-around Earlier today, he did take part, uh, but like I said, it's going to be a game-time decision. And you, can see it. You, you can really feel that it was a sigh of relief within the city of Atlanta when everybody found out that it was just a meat sprain because that looked much worse. I thought he tore a ligament, to be honest with you. But he said questionable. I think questionable is like 50%. 50, 50, 50, 50. I think probable is 75. Questionable is 50. Doubtful, it's like 25%. So at least he's 50 Um, So it's going to be a game-time decision. So, you know, the game starts at 8.30, and you can catch it on TNT, but that's probably going to be like a 8 o'clock decision. So we're looking at it a little bit more than an hour from now before we find out if Damari Carroll is going to play. Uh, the practice was actually closed to the media, but uh, from all reports, Carroll's knee was heavily wrapped, and he walked with a slight limp on his way back to the locker room. So I I would be surprised. I really would be surprised. But these are the playoffs, guys, they suck it up. They take quarter zone shots, I'm sure. They, you know, really soak the inks and pains on ice and use a lot of sad, as the older generation would call it, <laughs> to take out that pain that they're experiencing to get to that championship. And this may be one of those times. He's known as the junkyard dog, and I know he's not going to go down without a fight. So we'll see at Number five is on the court for the, Atlanta, for the Atlanta Hawks in game two. Now, what's pivotal in this game two is that the Hawks have to come with a lot of aggression just so you have to continue the attack. Dennis Schroeder, when he comes in, has to make smart decisions here in game two. You may not have Kyrie Irving on the Cleveland side of the ball. So who's going to be guarding you? D- Dylan Naveva? Dylan uh, whatever the the person No, I'm, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dylan Nadova. Uh, but at the same time, is he going to be guarding you know, both of these guys or GFTs or will they make substitutions here going back and forth? Come on. You know, I don't think so. The, and, that is, and the point drop position has to go to the Hawks. We saw that in game one. But for about 10 minutes, the offense basically got stagnant. And I think when Cleveland started to feel like they could make a comeback. A lot of people that criticize the Schroeder here are already after game one. But he cannot revert back to the Dennis Schroeder that we all have seen from time to time, and that's making erratic decisions, losing control of the ball. He has to be a steady backup. Of course, we already know this. So instead of us just talking about it, he has to go out and be about it. And I think he can't do that. But that's the coach right there. The coaches have to instill a bit of and that's they have not, but they have to instill in him that, hey, you're in a pivotal game here. You're in a pivotal series. We're depending on you to make wise decisions, and you have to do that. But I think a lot of people would not mind seeing Shelvin Mack on the court. Shelvin Mack proven to be a dependable backup. And when Shelvin Mack is in there, he can provide points, and he can provide leadership, and he can provide wise decisions that the Hawks really do need in this type of situation. Point guard situation goes to the Atlanta Hawks. No other way around it. Of course, Kyle Corver, like I said earlier, he has to step up. I know he's doing well defensively, but these are the playoffs. You've got to step up your game. See Steph Curry only shooting the ball five times. No, you don't see him only getting nine points. No, I know that these two guys are totally different layers. I love Cal Corner, I like him, but hey, he has to be more aggressive as well. He has to try to step into the perimeter every time the Hawks get the ball. He sets up outside of the perimeter. You can't keep doing that. But maybe the coaches are telling him just to set up that way. I mean, but he has to score more. He has to be more aggressive as well inside and outside of the three-point line, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. The of Hawks have to expose the guards for the Cleveland Cavaliers and Matthew Della Della La <laughs> De I'm just kidding. Yeah, so all you Cleveland players don't start emailing me or uh, uh, send me messages on Facebook. Why you miss that man name? Uh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. All right. But all I'm saying is the Hawks have to expose the the the, the lack of play that the Cleveland Cavaliers have at the guard position. They do. They do. I mean, no other way around that. Except for Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kyrie Irving is, is going to be a, a – a, he's still a basketball player. But Iman Schubert, yeah. you know, here's a guy who the hockey exposes as well. J.R. Smith, when have you ever heard of Jr. Smith playing great defense? Yeah, he's good offensively, but defensively? Mm-mm can't keep it with them either. So that's why I said the edge goes to the Atlanta Hawks in this situation. Al Horford, Paul Millsap, these guys, like I said, have to step up as well, and I think they can do that. Al Horford has developed a good mid-range shot, but he has to score more in the paint. Paul Millsap has to score more in the paint as well. You've got to bang inside. You cannot just stay near the perimeter as well. The Hawks' weakness is inside, and Cleveland knows this. This is where I've always said on this program, for years, the Hawks need a legitimate big man. and Hopefully they can get one in the draft. But right now, you've got to take Cleveland out of their defensive mindset, and that is stopping you in the lane. Right now they feel like they can do that, and that is what they're going to keep doing. No way around it. You've got to attack the paint. And it starts with those two guys right there, the one of your pack a uh, playing center who's out of position and the one who where you are playing a power forward. Now, Paul Milsen I believe is getting his form back after uh, spreading his shoulder but at the same time you got to go inside and try to score under the basket and in the paint. You cannot continue to settle for jumpers and those two guys sometimes they do that as well. But if the if the situation is there they will try to score. you got to give it to them on that. But the majority of the time it's out of the paint, and that cannot happen, none whatsoever. It is Taylor May Sports with Kevin Taylor, and right now, let me get into the Hawks' locker room, as I had a great conversation with Ken Baysmore after game one, and we talked about him possibly going into the starting lineup and how the Hawks should look at game two defensively to try to get a win.
0: Can't uh, if DeMari can't go
1: in Game Two, uh, Coach Boonehoser said that uh, you'll probably be getting a lot of playing time. Just in case you are inserted into the starting lineup, just talk about how mentally and physically you had to be prepared coming from off the bench into the starting lineup.
0: Uh, It's it's definitely different. Um, Starting out, um, you know, it's a different win. You know, uh, those guys get out there, they start, and they're going. And you know, for me, you know, it's been my third year, you know, I started a few games last year in, in LA and started a few down the stretch this year. So, um but it's a different energy, I mean, the journey is a lot different. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. so I mean it's definitely gonna be um a challenge, but you know, I love it, you know. Um it's just a chance to show, you know, what I've been working on all year and it's a chance to, you know, just blossom a little bit. And of course all season long this team is
1: focused on stopping the other team's offense, so you strive with defense. So just talk about how it takes a whole team effort because, of course, Cleveland has their go-to guy with LeBron, but J.R. Smith got hot in Game One. Just talk about how you can maybe focus on your defensive um, strategy in Game Two to hopefully get you guys a win. Um,
0: you know, Coach Budenholzer and his coaching staff did a heck of a job, you know, uh, putting together a, a scouting report, you know, for these guys. And you know, when we did those things that he told us, you know, we, we were playing them tough, but. We kind of lost focus a little bit, and you know uh, they got away from us a little bit, and we had a we had a fight down the stretch. But you know, it was small things we got to fix. And, you know, game two will be really good. All right, thanks, Kit. Yeah.
1: All right, so was Kit Baysmore, giving us his thoughts is going into game two, and I really feel like he's going to be the starting lineup. I really do, because. I don't don't think they are supposed to be able to go. That's a big key right there. Uh, Now, another question, with that being said, is where is Mike Scott in all this? Mike Scott really didn't want to address the situation inside the locker room after game one, but there's clearly something there, clearly. And I asked Coach Boothoser that question, like I told you a few minutes ago, and he said regarding Mike Scott and even Mike Muscala, that they have confidence that they'd be ready if called upon. That to me, does that sound too confident? I can understand that you know they they want someone who can guard more on the perimeter. But these are the playoffs, man! You cannot go down o two at home. You just can't. You can't. So if if you have to play Mike Muscala, if you have to play Mike Scott, you just have to do it. When DeMar Carroll went down, I mean, it was it was like a head scratcher. You when know, Elton Brand came in and shot a free throw, I mean, we we couldn't figure that out. I mean, for whatever reason, Mike Scott can provide some excitement. He can provide some points off the bench. He's not hurt, so now why are we not seeing it? I mean, I don't think the coaches are being vague, but at the same time, we this is a guy who we know that can score. We know this. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully the Hawks will be able to tighten up their defense. Hopefully they can stop a lot of misadvised jumpers, um, and they can really come out the act mode every time they have the basketball. Kyrie Irving for the Cavaliers is a game time decision as well. Um, It was reported earlier that he was not going to attend the team shoot around this morning uh, so that he can be evaluated by their team's position. Um, After the game on Wednesday night it was reported that symptoms related to his left knee tendinitis and not diminished, and uh, he to undergo further evaluation. But uh, he's also going to be listed as questionable uh, for game two. Now, is that a big blow to Cavaliers? Maybe. But uh, they were able to mount come back and win basically without him. So it's not like they can't win without Kyrie Irving. true enough that he's a intricate part of their lineup, but it's not like the Hawks. When Jeff Teague goes then the Atlanta Hawks go, it's not like that. Because you got another guy who wears a number two along with a three on his jersey that can put that team on his back. And we've seen him direct the Cleveland Cavaliers in different situations and get a win. So it's going to be the same here. So basically here are the keys to win for the Atlanta Hawks. In game, here are the keys. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Key number one, the Hawks have to attack, have to attack. They've got to play a physical brand of basketball, especially inside in the paint. They cannot just rely on the starters. It's going to take a bench effort as well. Peril antics, you got to do better. You cannot just take maybe one or two shots and call it a night. No. You have the size, You've got to get inside. We know he can shoot from the outside as well, but he should be playing more inside and shooting the ball with higher percentage field goals. So it's going to take a team effort. If Kent Bazemore is in the starting lineup, hopefully we can see Mike Scott. Hopefully we can see Shelvin Mack on the court. Because I think with those two guys in the lineup, maybe not at the same time, but I think that will throw Cleveland off enough for the Hawks to be able to continue to be aggressive, play above the rim and be able to get a win. Then also, you've got to limit some of the starters' minutes. It's going to be a hard-fought series. You can't tire Al Horford, Paul Millsap out, Jeff Teague as well, because you're going to have to have two games in Cleveland, and hopefully this team will not be going to Cleveland down 0-2. So you've got to limit their minutes. Kyle Corver as well. You've got to limit their minutes, so hopefully the Hawks can be able to get to a lead, keep the lead, rely on the bench, and get some adequate minutes to be able to sustain the lead and be able to be off the court for a sufficient amount of time. Dennis Schroeder, if he's in the game, he cannot be making errant shots. He's got to be a more of a general than what we've seen here of him lately. Dennis Schroeder is a great backer. He's a great backup. Yes, I did say great because he is a great backup. But at the same time, you have to question his decision-making. And in this game, too, you've got to play smart or else we should see Shelton Mack. Now, coaching, of course, like I told you, as we previewed game one, Dave Blatt, he's just there. He's the there coach. But LeBron James is basically the one calling the shots. Uh, so we got to get the heads there to Coach Hoser and his staff because they do an excellent job of getting their team prepared and ready to play. So another key is the fans. The fans have came out, and they've been phenomenal. They've been phenomenal. Ryan Cameron, who is a radio host here in Atlanta, morning drive radio host here in Atlanta. He keeps the crowd excited. He keeps them on their feet at times, and they have came out because they are true believers, and they are going to really be the sixth man for the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that with all of that being said, the Hawks can get a win in game two. And send this series back to Cleveland tied at one. Like I told you, when we previewed game one, I thought it was going to be a split here in Atlanta, a split in Cleveland, and Hawks will take two out of three to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So those are my keys to the games, and uh, the game tonight. of game two, and let's see if the Hawks can get a victory. Let's see if the Barrett Carroll can play, or even Tyree Urban. And let's see if the Hawks can play inside on above the rim as well. Thank you so much for joining me for this special edition of Sports with Kevin Taylor. As always, you can reach out to me on Facebook at kevintaylor98. Also on Twitter, yes, I'll be tweeting from Game 2 because I'm headed to Phillips Arena right now for Game 2, and you can check out my tweets at kevintaylor98 as well. If I'm able to take any pictures, you can find them on Instagram, you guessed it, at kevintaylor98. So reach out to me. Any way that you can, I'm always going to be accessible, and I'd love to hear from you also. We will still have TaylorMade sports at different times throughout the playoffs, so make sure that you check out uh, when I post the times that we do them on Facebook and Twitter. All right, thank you so much for joining me. As we come up on this Memorial Day holiday weekend, make sure that you never be discouraged, always encouraged, be safe, and remember those who gave their lives for our freedom here in America. I heard it, it was the
0: weekend. And it it's going to take us home. <laughs> hey, say, what's happening, man? It's TIP, man. Hustle Gang here Hunt Trouble Man in here. Letting you know you're listening to Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Right here, right now. Don't touch that dial.